You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast. My name is Andrew Mackay-Smith, and this is my conversation with the excellent drummer, Mike Portnoy, he ex of Dream Theatre. The reason for the opportunity to chat to Mike came about due to his then-upcoming tour of Australia, which occurred through November of 2017. So let's have a listen to what he has to say. Here we go. Um, hopefully, hopefully talking to me goes under the category of good news. It's, it's fantastic news. It's wonderful news. I've been looking talk, forward to talking to you for some time, actually, so I'm always grateful for, for whenever the opportunity arises, mate. But look, I'd better get to it because I understand we've only got about 15 or 20 minutes. And uh, my first question yeah. for you is, um, and I know you've probably had this one a lot, so this is the obligatory question about the uh, Shattered Fortress show. Mate, what can fans expect when the show hits Brisbane on Saturday the 18th? Well, this is... Um a very special tour. It's not really a, a, a band or a project. It's not an ongoing thing. This is kind of a, a one-off event that we're doing. You know, this is my 50th birthday year, so we're kind of celebrating that by uh, playing these select shows throughout the world um, and, you know, getting some closure um, for the this 12-step suite, which I had never been able to perform uh, up until now so uh you know it's closure for me and for the fans to finally get to play that and uh you know revisit some other dream theater material i you know i never knew if i would ever do that again and i don't know if i ever will do it again so it's just uh, an opportunity to sh- share this music and uh celebrate my 50th birthday yeah fantastic mate all right well happy birthday for that too when, when is, what date is your birthday Year-long birthday celebration. All oh, right, I'm on the 18th, Seven, actually. Yeah. All yeah. oh, right. Um. Yeah. Um. I had a chat to Diego Tejeda. I hopefully have pronounced his surname correctly. There from Haken earlier in the year, and I understand he's in your band when you're coming to Australia. So, what's it like working with him? He's awesome. I mean, everybody in Haken are are amazing players and and awesome guys, and I love what they do in their own band, in Haken. I'm a, a big fan of what they do. Uh, but at these Shattered Fortress shows, they are just absolutely nailing the material. Um, not only with precision, but also with passion, because they grew up with the music and they're fans of it. So, you know, it's in their hearts. And uh, But Diego in particular, I mean, he's incredible. He's covering so much ground, um, you know, with, with, with these keyboard parts. There's so much you know, different sounds and all the parts themselves and the samples and, uh, you know, and he, and he nails it on stage. He has so much energy. He's one of the most energetic keyboard players I've ever seen. Sweet. Cool, mate. So tell us about your new project, Sons of Apollo, because for five ridiculously talented musicians, you're all famously down to earth. I need to ask, mate, how did the band go about constructing each album cut with all with so many wonderful musicians in the band? I was the one that dreamt up the lineup and assembled the players. This was like my dream team. And uh, I knew that there would be uh, a great chemistry because I've worked with everybody, or at least three out of the four other guys I've worked with in the past in other bands. So I knew there'd be a a good chemistry. And in terms of the writing, uh, it was kind of in two stages. The first was the music, which was basically myself, Derek, and Bumblefoot just working together and writing together and bouncing ideas off of each other. 
and then Billy joined us towards the end. And then the second stage was working on all the vocals and the lyrics, and that was myself, Derek, and, and Jeff Scott Soto. And in both cases, the music and the vocals, uh, you know, the process was very, very smooth. Everybody in the band are really easygoing, nice guys, uh, and then obviously uh, incredibly creative as well, so that it just made the whole process very smooth. Mate, my first exposure to your signature percussive groove was through Images and Words way back in 1992, and that's an album that sounds unbelievably fresh and modern still in 2017, an incredible 25 years after it was recorded. In what ways are you playing Evolve since the album? Oh, God. Well, um, I was a 25-year-old kid when we made that album, and now I'm a 50-year-old man. And uh, Images and Words was the second album I ever made. And now I've made about a hundred, you know, since <laughs> then. So, um, you know, I listen to it. I, I sound like a very hyperactive uh, drummer that's trying to show off when I listen to those early albums. But I realized that, you know, that they were pretty groundbreaking at the time just because they were so drastically out of fashion and out of yes. style from everything else mm. that was popular. So I think that made us stick out like a sore thumb uh, in some ways in a bad way, but in some ways also a good way because, you know, we we're kind of filling a void for musicians. Um, I think I've matured as a drummer and as a player and, and obviously my experience now having played, you know, done about a hundred albums since then and played in about, you know, 20 bands since then. So obviously I have much more range and much more uh, experience and maturity, I think, now. Mm -hmm. But I love everything I've done. Everything I've done is part of my life and it's part of my story. You know, I'm proud of it all. Yeah, agreed. You, you, for, for the volume of recordings that are in the market, mate, there's not a bad release from you. And I'll highlight that point by saying that possibly my favorite venture of yours is Liquid Tension Experiment, particularly the 1999 album Liquid Tension Experiment 2, I do love the first two cuts, so Acid Rain and the Deep Groove of the second track, 914. You've been involved in heaps of projects, far too many to mention them all, but is there a project that you look back on with an enhanced level of pride? I'm, I, I'm proud of them all. I mean, to be honest, I've been blessed to have this incredible career where I've played in upward of 20 different bands. Um, uh, they've all brought something into my life uh you know uh, you know experiences like touring with Avenged Sevenfold or Twisted Sister yes, yes. were amazing experiences because I was coming into established bands and helping them out so you know those were fun I look back on those tours with a lot of uh a lot of great memories uh but then all the bands that I put together the Winery Dogs and Flying Colors and yeah. uh, Metal Allegiance and you know Transatlantic, each each and every one of them are bands that I'm proud of and have such amazing memories of. Uh, it's been an amazing ride, so I, I really can't pick one. You know, it's, they're all part of the big picture that makes me who I am. Yeah, fair enough. And so you are a foundation member of Adrenaline Mob as well, and the band was tragically involved in a fatal, fatal vehicle accident recently. So I want to offer my sincere condolences, as I'm sure you were close to both Jane and David. So my question for you is actually about your time spent working with one of my favorite guitarists, which is Rich Ward from Stuck Mojo and Fozzy. What was it like working with Rich in Adrenaline Mob? Uh, 
Well, I'll start by saying, yeah, not only were David and Jane friends of mine, but so was AJ Pirro as well. Mm. Uh, there's now been three, I've now lost three friends uh, on the road with the general mob. It's just a, a tragic, tragic, you know, uh, chain of events that has, you know, uh, you know, followed this yeah, man. Sure. It's really sad. Yeah, but sad in yeah. any case, uh, Rich, Rich is amazing. I love him. He's one of the, he's one of the great guys in this business. He's just such a nice guy and such a sweetheart and such a, a great performer on stage. He's always filled with energy and just an amazing showman. Uh, he's a great songwriter as well. It was a shame that he didn't get to write with Adrenaline Mob uh, shortly before he left the band. We started fiddling with a few songs of his and they would have really been a great addition to the, the Adrenaline Mob sound, but uh, you know, it didn't work out that he would stay with the band. But uh, I love working with him and he's still a friend of mine. Sweet. And uh, mate, another excellent guitarist that you've worked with is Paul Gilbert. Now, if ever there was a drummer that was tailor-made for Paul, it's you. What was it like working with Paul? He's one of my favorite people to play with, and that's why he's my go-to guy for all my tribute bands. We've now done four tribute bands together. We've done The Beatles, The Who, Led Zeppelin, and Rush, uh, and I've also played with him live uh, with with his solo band. Uh, so, yeah, he's he's he reminds me so much of myself in, in the respect that he's just such a fan and has such a vast knowledge of, of music and rock history and can play anything. That's why he's always been my, my go-to guy for my tribute bands. Yeah, sweet, yeah. Have you ever given any thought to putting together a touring drum extravaganza in the same vein that Vi and Satriani do the G3 tour? Because I could certainly imagine Stuart Copeland and Tim Alexander from Primus would be a great show along with, with yourself. I never really thought about it. Um, because I think if that was to happen, the focus would be on drumming and drum solos and drum duets. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest, that, that stuff doesn't that doesn't interest me. You know, I leave that to the virtual Venatis of the world that, yeah. that like doing that kind of stuff. Me personally, I'd rather play in a band and play songs and and you know let the song be the focus, not necessarily the drumming or, or technique. So honestly. Uh, I have no interest in that. Leave, leave that to Virgil to put together. Yeah, fair enough, mate. And so if you could go back to when you were starting out, so way back to when you were 15, 16 or 17, when you were starting out in the music business, and you could go back now and do it, so you could get into a time machine or what have you, some trans, trans-dimensional device, what advice do you think you'd give yourself? Well, um, I probably wouldn't have signed a lot of uh, contracts that I did in the early days, you know, the, the first seven years of Dream Theater uh, was made up of a lot of ups and downs and starts and stops and, you know, false promises. So those first seven years before the ball started rolling were very, very frustrating. And then even once the ball did start rolling, you know, there was a whole other wave of problems and frustrations that, that followed in, in the wake of our success. So, uh, you know, I, if I could do it all over again, I, I definitely would have been a lot more careful with a lot of those business decisions that were made. I wouldn't change a thing musically or artistically. I think musically and artistically, I, I've done everything the way I always wanted to. So uh, yeah. I have no no regrets there. So, look, you, you are one of the most awarded drummers in the history of Modern Drummer Magazine's Re- Reader's Poll Awards. 
Mate, how do you stay focused and let, not let so many fan-focused or fan-issued accolades, I should say, awarded to you over such a broad period of time affect your outlook? Because as I mentioned, yourself and the members of um, Sons of Apollo, mate, you're all famously very down-to-earth. What is it about you guys that, that keeps you guys so centred and so grounded and so available to fans? I've always noticed that there's there's never been any, excuse my language, but shit talked about you guys in social media. God, I mean, I, I, I see a lot of, All right, okay. a lot of Maybe trolls, <laughs> you know, taking pot shots, and, you know, that's never going to go away. That's just part of the business. But yeah. in answer to your question about all the drum awards and things like that, to me, honestly, they never made me, um, oh, I don't know. You would think all those awards would make somebody very, uh, uh, I don't know cocky or, or, or thinking that they're above everybody. But to be honest, all of those awards and accolades have, have always made me very uh, intimidated. They they almost make me feel shy or embarrassed. Like, I almost feel like, you know, I it's, it's giving too much of a uh, reputation that I need to somehow live up to. Sometimes I almost feel like, you know, very intimidated by them and almost feel um, unworthy. So... Honestly, every time I win one of those awards, it's an amazing, um, uh, you know, it's a great accomplishment and it's something to be proud of, but yeah. they, they almost make me embarrassed, to be honest. Where do you put them all? I mean, I assume you get a little um, keepsake, such as a trophy or what have you, you know, a small trophy or what <laughs> have you, but have you got a big trophy cabinet? Yeah, I have a lot. Of, I have pretty much in my office a whole area with a wall kinds of awards and things like that and then the modern drummer awards i've won 30 of those now and they always give you a plaque so i actually have all 30 of them going down uh down one of my staircases yeah and and it's actually like tripled up at this point you know like three rows of 10 it's pretty it's pretty amazing it's pretty surreal and uh something that you know is is beyond my wildest dreams was that the intention when you started out to become a world famous drummer known for drumming no yeah. No, even to this day, you know, I, I, you know, my intention is never to be like this great drummer. Like, you know, I don't claim to be a great drummer. I, I really don't. I, mm. I've always been focused on the music and the band and all of the other elements. When I'm making a record, to be honest, the drums are the last thing I'm thinking of. But I never set out to win drum awards and get this kind of attention, to be honest. Like I said earlier, it's, it's almost like, you know, it's almost embarrassing to me, but uh, it was never my intention, no. Okay. Mate, I'm a bass player, and I've played with a lot of drummers over the years, and I play every weekend in covers bands. So I need to ask you, what's the most frustrating thing that you find about working with bassists, uh, as you've done over the years? Because, gosh, you've worked with a fair few. Well, they're all so different, you know. Um, You know, I've, I've been fortunate to play with so many greats, but they're all bring something different to the table. Like when I play with Billy Sheehan, uh, you know, he's very much like the John Entwistle to my Keith Moon. Yes. Uh, you know, the two of us are just like running circles around, you know, the singer and just, <laughs> it's like an acrobatic event when it me is, and Billy yeah. play it together. It and is. then, and then when I play with somebody like Tony Levin, Tony is just like the king of cool, you know, and he's got two sides. He's one side of him just holds it down and is smooth smooth as silk but then there's the other side of him that has this crazy bag of tricks and likes to improvise and have all these weird sounds 
so yeah, I, you know, I got to play differently with him. And then somebody like Dave LaRue, who I play with in Flying Colors, he's just uh, like, uh, and you could count on him. He'll never miss a note. Every note is perfect, and he's a rock solid foundation. Very melodic player. Same with Pete Travis, uh in Transatlantic, a very very melodic player. Um, they're all so different, you know. Um, I, I I have to just always listen. I love listening to these guys. You know, they're I'm fans of them. So yeah. you know, it's an honor to play with them. But I love just even listening to them. Just so I, I always make sure that they're in my inner ears and we're we're always locked. Mate, you might have already had the opportunity to experience this, but if you could choose your dream guitar, bass, drums, vocal lineup, and of course you'd be a part of this lineup, who would it be? I've done it. <laughs> Every one of these <laughs> bands are my dream lineups. Yeah, Sons cool. of Apollo was my dream lineup for this type of music. Transatlantic was my dream lineup for that music. Um, you know, Metal Allegiance is my dream lineup for a thrash metal band. So, yeah, I mean, I, look at my track record the winery dogs and, yes oh, of course uh, it's wonderful you know, yeah. blind colors these are all the bands that like you know are dream lineups for me to be honest yeah i thought i might get that response actually so i might reframe it a little bit and say that if you could resurrect any musicians who would you resurrect to play on stage which is one performance an hour and a half performance playing any sort of music what musicians do you think you'd bring back Oh, God, I have so many heroes that are gone. I guess I wouldn't be able to resurrect John Bonham or Keith Moon if I was to be the drummer. <laughs> yes. Um, but, you know, I would I would have done anything to have worked with Frank Zappa. Frank Zappa oh, is yeah. one of my all-time biggest heroes. Um, so, yeah, it's sad that I never got to work with him. I did get to play with Dweezil uh, and sit in and play some Zappa songs with him, so that was really cool. But, yeah, uh, Zappa... John Lennon and George Harrison, obviously, you know, the Beatles are my favorite band of all time. Um, Freddie Mercury. Oh, yes. Uh, Dimebag Darrell, Randy Rhodes, Cliff Burton, you know, for the metal side. So, God, you know, <laughs> there you go. That's my orchestra right there. Gotcha, mate. Rightio, mate, I better let you get to the next one, at least give you a minute or two before the next person comes online, because I think that's my 20 minutes up. But, uh, look, I just want to thank you so much for creating right. the music that you have over the years and... I uh, will be in the crowd when you play Brisbane. Excellent. Thank you, man. Thank you, brother. All right, cheers. You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast. My name is Andrew Mackay-Smith, and that was my conversation with the excellent drummer, Mike Portnoy. Thank you so much for listening.